0: Everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt.
1: We're back. The NFL draft has concluded, and the experts are saying the New York Jets have won the draft.
0: They're saying it,
1: people are saying it. I like the the graphic that came out of like the thirty NFL writers and has a grade for each team. The Jets were fourth, I believe, on that list.
0: And the guy who gave him uh, like a D, and I think he tweeted out the graphic, which was funny.
1: Yeah, I don't know. We'll get into it, but um, it was a really fun three days. It's the kind of thing where you have a lot of picks. You know, you're getting a young quarterback. Where you're going to go on the team needs. And then obviously you learn from what they do address what they still need to fill and maybe a free agent out there they can go ahead and get. But starting off the night, Thursday is here, right? Eight o'clock. Trevor Lawrence goes one. The Jets do the normal thing, and everyone knew it was coming. Zach Wilson going number two overall. Mike, how are we feeling?
0: Look, the Jets have their new franchise quarterback, and it's it's very exciting. And and um, you know Zach Wilson is is supposed to be a scheme fit for our new offense, the Shanahan offense, and we run by uh, Lafleur. And, and then, you know, well, you want me to just talk about Zach Wilson because we'll go into the other picks after, but.
1: Yeah, look, let's take on Zach, and we'll add him back in as we talk through more picks.
0: You know, throw Zach Wilson in this offense, and, and, and the Jets added a lot of skill position talent that they didn't have yeah. coming into the off season, and some things with the line and and the Jets fans and the team should be very excited uh, moving forward. I mean, this dude can rip it, and oh, you, you know, you look hope
1: that this is a ten to fifteen year guy, right? And yes,
0: that's what we thought with Sam, and it's, and, but it's
1: tough. He, I think Nania tweeted out a really good graphic. It's like if you compare the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the running back, the the number one or two wide receiver, the tight end, like you start going through the list, and you're like. All right, in Sam year one, had not a great, you know, supporting cast. And then you go down the list. And sometimes in key positions, it goes down the talent at a position. So Sam didn't have the the talent. The goal is that Zach Wilson, day one, can come in here and really thrive. Be that 15-year guy. Give him everything to know what he is. That's a big thing. So if, like, we'll get through the guys that are drafted. But say the left side of the line stays healthy. Your receiving core misses two games total. Your running backs are all healthy. Guys are open. Like, If Zach Wilson is underperforming, I hope we know it because he has the talent around him. We're not seeing it. Now, if he underperforms and people are hurt, no one's going to hold out against him. I think he's going to come in here. I think he's cocky and confident. The one knock that I had on Sam Darnold, and everyone leads by their own example, but he was very laid back, cool. He goes, you know, I'm going to lead by my way. And it worked out a lot of people. Marcus May loves Sam Darnold. Jordan Jenkins loves Sam Darnold. But I think there was something about like the alpha. And I always tell a story. I met Sam Darnold and I said, Hey dude, every time you're on the field, you're the best player out there. He ended up becoming the best quarterback for the final four weeks of that year in 2018. But I, I wanted him to get that cocky attitude. And I think Zach Wilson has that. And he seems like a respectful. He was incredible in all the post-draft interviews, Carton, Michael K talking to the media. He killed it as a 21 year old dude. That's not easy to do. You know I remember Sam's conversations very laid back, very calm, very generic QB answers. Zach Wilson gave some like funny comments, going at people, having fun, very respectable. I think he has murdered it since he's been here, and I'm very, very excited to get new tape on the new quarterback and watch him play for our football team.
0: Yeah, dude. I can't wait till training camp and then we get to see some of those throws with the shorts on and then he oh, starts yeah. throwing a ball to Denzel Mims and someone tweets out like a six second clip of it in like July and we freak out and it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But um dude, the draft was very interesting. There was uh, a lot of cool moments for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas and just getting fired up and calling people and big time the, gifts came out of that. Big oh, yeah. time oh yeah like let's go let's go man. And like, just said, fucking yeah. awesome.
1: That was a great impersonation because yeah. like,
0: if you watch the-, the table. One,
1: it almost sounds like a little condescending. You're like, how you doing, bro? Like, congratulations. <laughs> it was very, very good. The lock killed it. Douglas killed it. Woody Johnson gets on the phone. And every time he got on the phone, he was like, yeah, a lot of people are clapping around. Then and they the start clapping. everyone yes. starts clapping. Then,
0: then Christopher Johnson did the same thing. He used the and, same move. And then Jets like, tweeted both yeah. of them.
1: He's, like, twitching in the corner. Like Christopher Johnson, like, on the phone. It's great. So yeah, the it's Jets like, are yeah. at 23, right? They're at 23. We've talked about it. If there's a guy there mid-first round, you go up and get him. And they did it. The Jets trade the 23rd pick and two threes that they have to go up and get offensive guard Elijah Tucker from USC, a guy that has been mocked to the Jets at 23 anytime he is there. The, the fans loved him. We wanted him. And the Jets now got a guy to be next to Mekhi Beckton for a minimum, minimum of four to five years. And as long as they stay healthy, Mike, they are not moving from that line. And that's a great feeling to have.
0: Look, we know about Becton's size and his athleticism. He ran a faster 40 time than me. I put on my pro day uh, officially. AVT, six for four, three 308, left guard. He's athletic. He gets down the field. He's big. He's powerful. Looks like an awesome fit. We said it on our pre-draft show last week that if, and you just mentioned it, but if, if Joe Douglas thought, look, there's a big drop-off between the first three offensive linemen Uh, Sewell and Rayshon Slater and Elijah Tucker and then the next three to four guys like Landon Dickerson Creed Humphrey those kind of guys Mm -hmm. maybe he would move up and get it done and and then when you look at the trade the Jets made compared to what the Bears did the Jets held on to their future first I remember when the trade happened we weren't sure they gave up yet you were you know we were discussing and you said please God don't be a number two don't be a number one Mm -hmm. and it ended up being two threes which is Fair and and I think it was honestly a fair trade for both sides. Looks like the Vikings got some stuff they need. They got Kellen Mond and they got uh, Wyatt Davis. They got Wyatt the Davis, trade. the yeah. other guard. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm very happy about AVT oh. I, again. And, and and this is what I've been asking. I said, where are the Jets going to have an advantage? Because the Jets seemingly have been bargain hunting in every aspect of the word. You go free agency. The Jets are you know trying to sign some younger guys who have some skill sets and and a lot of times the fans like you like Carl Lawson and Corey Davis but a lot of times we're like where's my Joe Thune you know Joe Thune might not be a great example because you got a lot of money went to the Chiefs but, but you're right
1: you're right and it feels like even not only this offseason but the guard position always feels like a plug and play get that kind of veteran who's 27 for a cheap deal or you know a younger guy comes through the system like Brian Winters, throw him in there no none of that anymore you have a guy a premium pick and I know guards don't usually go that high I agree with the sentiment of an offensive lineman is an offensive lineman. A bad guard play can ruin not only a game. We saw
0: it, Josh Andrews.
1: Multiple games. Multiple yeah. games. And then, it, then what if that hurts Zach Wilson's confidence going in? If it hurts how to Sam, you get killed in your confidence. You don't want that. And so the Jets kill it in the first two picks. And then we go to bed, and I called it, Mike. I fucking called it. <laughs> I go, we're going to argue over the same five guys nonstop. Nonstop. So you got Jok from Notre Dame. He ended up falling to the fifties due to a potential heart condition, uh, which is crazy. Tevin Jenkins, another offensive tackle that you were preaching for. You know, people wanted Javante Williams. So a lot of different language, and I called it. I said, you know what? We're gonna get someone not on the board. And Joe Douglas takes Elijah Moore, Ole Miss wide receiver. The every waking minute from the pick, I love it even more. And
0: I like it more than I thought I would. Yeah. I was I was a little bit hesitant. I don't think it makes the Jets better in 2021. I really don't. Uh, you know, unless there's some kind of injury, unless Crowder gets hurt, then you say, okay, obviously Elijah Moore is going to play. But I don't. I uh, clearly wide receiver is not a need in the current tense. I'm happy to set up Zach Wilson with yet another young stud wide receiver to go along with Denzel Mims and Corey Davis is supposed to be here for multiple years. Only 26, so if you have Davis more and mims going forward that's very very nice and i like keelan So now jets have five real wide receivers which is very very nice i would have liked tevin jenkins it's funny you were correct stuff that we you know we talked about in the sense that a lot of guys that are not jet fans will text me they'll say hey what do you think the jets are going to do i go you know they're probably going to take tevin jenkins or jok or trade down and then, of yeah. course, neither of those things happened. But I'm happy with it. I uh, The more I watch tape on Elijah Moore, and by tape, I just mean people putting out highlights and not <laughs> watching all 22, but right. electric, the stuff that Jets X-Factor is putting out, uh, the Vitor guy is putting out some cool clips of how he's manipulating the defenses of uh, Elijah Moore. Michael Nanny put out some cool stats. But, man, this guy is electric. And is maybe he's a better version of Tony, Kadarius Tony, that the Giants took 14 picks earlier.
1: Yeah, I think Elijah Moore will contribute day one. I think he's going to be a part of this offense where he's going to be I think him. he
0: will be. I, I yeah. just What I meant, that the Jets aren't going to be better in 2021. I think he just would have had Crowder doing the same shit.
1: Right, right. I, I think that's fair. Um, going and looking at him, his production is off the charts. 10 catches a game, 140 yards a game, a touchdown per game. Against SEC competition, Nanny put another great stat. 2019 as a sophomore, a true sophomore, he, better, he carried that entire team. Not only is he fast as hell, not only does he get yards after the catch, he can catch a ton of balls. He goes across the middle to feel like a maniac. He does not care about getting hit. He's a true slot guy who can dominate. He can play outside if you need him to. I didn't, like, when you see wide receiver, the reason we didn't really talk about it is we didn't mock a wide receiver of the Jets in the first 34. We just didn't do it. And a big part of that, too, is you know that Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Joan Waddell, uh, Kadarius Tooney might have fell to 34, but Elijah Moore was the fourth guy that was mid-20s. And surprisingly to us and the, the New York Jets, Joe Douglas had him as a top 25 guy. When he falls to 34, you have to stay there and take him if you think he's a blue chip player, and I think they do. So Crowder, his future right now, it seems that it's still on the team, right? They can cut him and get $10 million back. I think Joe Douglas likes the idea of maybe keeping him and playing out his contract. The Jets do have money. You can never have enough talent at wide receiver. But if they cut him and use a $10 million elsewhere for Richard Sherman or another player that's a free agent that could fill in a need now and help your team, I'm fine with more being the day one slot receiver for the Jets.
0: Yes, that's 100% fine if they plan to do that. I just, I'll believe it when I see it, Joe Douglas using the money at the end of free agency to fill some needs on our team that are outstanding because he just didn't do it last year. And the Jets went 2-14. and 14. And I want to, I, again, I'll believe when I see it, if the Jets, like you said, cut Crowder and sign Richard Sherman, I think it makes the Jets a better team in 2021. I think if you have Crowder and draft more, you know, I was being, you know, not super literal. I'm sure more will make some impact plays and do some cool stuff. If the Jets have these five receivers as your five guys, but we'll see what happens. I like the pick. I don't, we talked about it to be consistent. We did not we specifically did not want a wide receiver at want at either 23 or 34. Correct. And yes, but the Jets clearly valued this guy high. You heard uh, Douglas and Robert Sala, I think it was Sala on the phone with more. Or maybe it was Douglas. He was like once we made the trade up, we didn't think we we could still get you, mm-hmm. you know, we're happy to have you. So I think that maybe just would have taken him at 23. Yeah. Um, so that makes me happier.
1: Mhm. Definitely, and I think another thing too is you hear him in his interviews. You hear Elijah Moore when he got drafted, he's freaking out with his family. Like he, everyone does it. It's very generic, but hearing him immediately, like talking to Michael Carter, who we'll get into in a minute on Twitter, him and Zach Wilson going back and forth, ready to ball. It's, it's the kind of thing that all right, you have a young core. Do the Jets like vision Wilson and Mims immediately clicking and being his go-to safety guy? Maybe that you leave that for a tight end or a slot receiver, and now you bring in a guy who's the same age coming in as a rookie. Maybe that's that day one weapon that you can rely on and have a safety blanket in more, and then have Mims and Davis as real killers on the outside. I really like the pick now even more uh, going forward. And Mel Kiper, you know, we are Mel Kuyper guys, even though I give him a hard time on Twitter. I love
0: Mel Kuyper. He <coughs>
1: like, had more as his fourth best available when it was picked twelve. Yeah. He had more of the top. I saw
0: you. Yeah, you had a cool tweet. It was like, AVT and more were still there. Like, two of the top five guys left to pick 12. It was like, great. I like Mel Kuyper. I think people are way too harsh on him. I, I agree with what you were saying on Twitter. He was being hypocritical. I think we're going to get into that. But when Kuiper's clearly, you know, he's he's well-read. He, he, he knows what he's talking about. He makes solid points. If you disagree with him, that's fine. I think it's the mm-hmm. same thing with Rich Samini. I think Samini makes a lot of good points. And he just, you know, a lot of people just don't like the Jets beat. But
1: yeah, I think Semini can be a little negative. That's why he gets some hard time. But exactly, we think he's a respectful. He, he's not very emotional. He's more driven in his you know history. I think Mel Kiper does that too. His mannerisms are incredible. The way he can quickly, as soon as Greenie's done talking about the pick, he's like, "Well, I like this guy." Come out, and he goes in immediately and has yes. like a full two minute rant about him.
0: But the the, the uh, Frank, uh, Kelly, and Kelly the, Mel Kuiper are the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But ta, 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 ta. It,
1: it was interesting, though, because, you know, we love the fact that we had a lot of picks, too, that we could attack on day two. We go then the whole day without taking anyone. First pick of day three, you know, round four, pick 107. Jags are in front of us. We get the pick. We get Michael Carter running back from UNC. Mike, I watched a lot of Michael Carter this year. I was a big Javante Williams guy. Michael Carter is a baby Javante Williams. He's smaller. He's faster. He has more 20-plus-yard runs. Not as physical, but still a guy that can pick up a blitz. And I'm not saying this as a football guy, this knowledge and what people are saying about Michael Carter. Runs hard. I'm excited about the pick. You literally give yourself a running back who's fast, a weapon, immediately. And it's kind of the opposite of, well, Michael Ryan. I don't know. So who is the odd man out in the running back group? And also give your thoughts on Michael Carter.
0: I'm happy with Michael Carter. The Jets clearly needed to upgrade the running back position. I thought coming into the draft, the Jets had the 32nd running back group Mm -hmm. in football. Uh, Now we have some youth. We have some wild cards with Ty Johnson and Josh Adams. You have Ryan. You have Michael Carter. You have Tevin Coleman, the veteran. I think it's a well-rounded group now. If any of these guys pop, it doesn't matter that they were the 30-second run, whatever, in my brain right. in fucking May. It doesn't matter. So I'm happy with it. I'm a li- The only thing I'm skeptical about Michael Carter, as I've been saying this, is that why did Javante Williams also average eight yards a carry? Mm-hmm. I watched some of their runs. They're explosive guys. They're exciting. Michael Carter had 1,000 yards the last two years, but he literally averaged eight yards a carry this year, and Javante Williams averaged seven yards a carry on the same team. Could it have been wide open running lanes? It's, he's not going to average eight yards a carry in the league, but to have 1,245 rushing yards in 11 games and nine touchdowns, sure. He's explosive. He's fun to watch on film, and he's the kind of guy the Jets needed exactly. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with that. There was a knock, a, an obvious pick in the fourth round. Another weapon for the offense for Zach Wilson. So now you look, you have five real wide receivers. You have a running back core that is sneaky potential. Improved offensive line, and then the tight end spot is, is a bit interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. And another thing too, a, a lot of people think this is the end of Pirine. I don't think Joe Douglas gives up on the Michael Pirine after one year. I think. Oh
0: no! Now it's now it's too much Michael Pirine hate.
1: Right, right, exactly. And we were we also said the goal is for him to have that burst. Like Le- Le- Michael Pirine is more of a downhill aggressive runner. He doesn't really have a full arsenal of moves and speed. So it was I, I think if you I don't think you can go into the year with Coleman, Johnson, Carter, P. Ryan, and um, Josh Adams. I th- I think you can't go with five running backs. So the odd man out, in my opinion right now, is probably Josh Adams.
0: Sure. The only problem is Josh Adams fills a role, though. You know, I don't know if LaMichael P. Ryan is going to be that power guy.
1: On fourth and inches, right?
0: Yeah. Like, he's 5'11", 216. That's uh, LaMichael P. Ryan. And then Josh Adams is six two two twenty five, so you know we'll see. But uh, maybe the Jets, I you know want to move P Ryan around in the slot, or they want to do some fun things with with uh, Michael Carter. And also, don't forget, Tevin Coleman was really bad last year. Mm-hmm. He had twenty eight carries for fifty yards. He played eight games, so he's not. It's not like he was on IR all year. Right. So maybe he's the odd man out if the Jets, if Josh Adams has a sick training camp, um, and and Adams has ties to Douglas from Philly where he was pretty good. He had 500 yards in 2018. So we'll see. Um, I'm not ready to give up on P. Ryan, but like you said, we just didn't see a great burst out of him. Mm -hmm. He wasn't explosive. He wasn't... And, you know, he's also in this horrifying offense with the worst coach we ever saw. So let's... We'll see. Yeah,
1: I hear you. I hear you. So I really broke up the draft into three different categories in my brain. So Wilson, Tucker, and Moore are like tier A, like those guys. Tier B is Michael Carter and the next pick, and then the final four picks are in tier C for me. So, tier okay B, Jamie and Sherwood from Auburn, safety converting down to a linebacker. Mike, this guy had 34-inch arms, the longest by a defensive back in the past 15 years of the draft. Mel Kiper called him the best tackler in the entire draft. He followed, he might have been a late two, early 3 knee injury, dropped him down a little bit. He, like, he plays like Jamal Adams. Like, he plays like a, his hair is on fire, wearing a ton of armbands, murdering people. So for me, if this guy can fill in and compete against Blake Cashman and be an inside linebacker with Mosley and Gerard Davis, people think he's going to be a day one starter. I'm excited for him to get in the building, get training, be with our team, meet Robert Sala, see if he's going to be a great fit here and hit the ground running. I want to hear what you think about Jamian. Sherwood.
0: I want to do like a whole Mel Kuiper thing. Like we were talking about before. (laughs) So Jamie and Sherwood, he's a six foot four out of Auburn. Right, right, right. So 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 Sherwood, the the cool thing about Sherwood is in in his scouting report, the biggest con against him is that he doesn't have the speed to play safety. So the Jets are gonna like we said, probably move him to the linebacker. The Jets wanted to sign uh, Keanu Neal in the offseason, the safety from the Falcons, and move him into that Will linebacker spot. I think they're going to do that, like you said, with Jamie and Sherwood. He was ninth in the SEC in tackles. He's 6'2", 220. Every, most of his pros are that he's a great tackler. The highlights that you'll see on Twitter of him smashing people and them fumbling immediately uh, and guys picking it up, running it for a touchdown. So, look, we'll see what the Jets want to do with, the inside, with, with their linebacker position. I was texting one of my buddies today. And I said, he he he's like, I love the Jets linebackers. I said, that's fair. I think there's a lot of question marks because mm-hmm. I love C.J. Mosley. Who the fuck knows what he's going to do? Maybe we'll go back to Applebee's. We have Gerard Davis is another question mark. He's a gigantic maniac, which is fun. Blake Cashman's hamstrings are made out of the tissue paper, the toilet paper that you go into a public bathroom and it just ah. rips apart. And now you have Sherwood. who's the fifth-round pick. Yeah. But the funny thing was I was out to dinner with my girlfriend, and uh, so I was having people text me the picks and whatever. I'm looking on Twitter and it looked like the Jets drafted like four safeties in a row. We said, yeah. what the fuck is going on? But then, you know, none of them are really going to play safety. So I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 happy with this pick.
1: Yeah. I think again, it's like Zach Wilson expected. We think he's going to be great. We think he's going to play great. Expected. Very Tucker home run. Elijah Moore. Don't maybe love the position at 34, but if he's going to produce like he did in college and he's that fast and that quick, love him. Michael Carter, I don't think it's a home run pick. I think it's a very good pick. He can be a good contributor on the running back core. And Jamie Sherwood, could be a spot starter, could be a day one starter. Uh, again, the first five picks in my mind, I'm not saying all of them are home runs. The Jets are going to like start every one of these guys for 10 years, but it's a great foundation. It's one of those things that in the past on day three, we have to talk ourselves into Oh, Jabari Zuniga. Got to talk ourselves into, oh, we got a safety in Ashton Davis, Nathan Shepard. You kind of go back in third-round, fourth-round picks. I actually feel like these fourth- and fifth-round picks are going to contribute. And I think that that then brings me down to my final tier. Final four guys we take. We can go through them pretty quickly. But uh, starting with Michael Carter, the second, got another one. 4-3-2 speed as a cornerback. My goal is for him to be on special teams. Because Perry Nickerson, when he was drafted out of Tulane, 2018, I, I said to Mike, I go, I want this guy. He runs like a four-two-nine. I want him to be the gunner on special teams. I don't care what he does at corner. The Jets have, in the past two years, had a horrific, I'll, I'll more say past year, has had a h- horrific, horrific gunner game. They cannot get down. Brady Man will have an okay punt. Nothing great. And they have like 15 yards of room in front of them. It's unbelievable. So have Michael Carter be a four-three-two guy. He can maybe play corner and fill in for an injured guy. But I'm not... Expecting him to be an immediate starter at corner. Want to be a special teamer and be good. Mike, give me your thoughts on Michael Carter.
0: Well, that's one of the things about this draft is that the Jets clearly need to address cornerback, um, which they didn't do much of in free agency, if at all. Uh, so your slot corner is still wide open. Right now it's JaVale and Gertie, mm-hmm. or Guidry. And your number two, your really number one corner is, is who the fuck is it? It's going to be, I guess, Bryce Hall and Bless Austin and Right now, um, so if Michael Carter the second or uh, you know who, who's going to fill in as as the number one corner, the Jets going to sign a guy. Uh, you know, is it going to be Jason Pinnock? Is it going to be Brandon Eccles? The other guys that the Jets drafted. Yeah. Maybe one of these guys will pop, and it's good that there's going to be some opportunity. But if the Jets are going to make a serious play at the AFC East in 2021. It's probably not going to be one of these guys. But who knows? There have been fifth-round corners who have been great, and maybe the Jets see something in one of these guys. They want to take a couple shots at the dartboard. I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what they did, Mike. Jason Pinnock, Brandon Echols, one from Kentucky, one from Pitt. Obviously, Jason Pinnock coming from Pitt. Hopefully, be half of what Reeves is, and he'd be a great pick there. Jason Pinnock think, was
0: talking to Revis on the field. A couple really? Ago. Yeah, they, they I like he tweeted out a picture. It was cool.
1: I think if you take you if you look at the cornerback room for the Jets currently, I think you you have to make the argument, or you can make the argument, that it's the youngest cornerback group in NFL history. It's unbelievable. So, Bless is about twenty three. Chris yeah. Hall 22 Echols, Pinnock, and Carter. And Guidry. Guidry are all under 23, 22.
0: What do we have? Uh, Lamar Jackson is still around. 22.
1: It's it's very, very odd. Yeah. Very young. So what I would do is I would bring in a guy, a veteran, a Richard Sherman-esque, and say, all right, you're a cornerback one. You now have seven guys, six guys. Some will be on special teams, whatever, to learn your skill at corner. They play a man-to-man outside corner game It's law. Teach them everything you can know. I would lock them away in North Dakota for three months and just practice the entire time with a weight room. A guy like Bless Austin, I give the world of credit to. Devastating injury, plays well as rookie year to end the year, and he comes back ripped. The dude is shredded. I don't care. You don't have to be huge to be a football player, but holy fuck, dude. He put in the work in the offseason, and he didn't have the best year, but... If every guy had the level of commitment that Austin did in the offseason, the Jets would be a fucking great team. So I hope that they can learn from a veteran. I don't think we need to hit on Pinnock and Echols again. I uh, Again, hopefully they can contribute on special teams. The final guy that the Jets... Well, the actually, only
0: problem with Pinnock was he had dreadlocks, and he would have been the first Jet corner with dreadlocks since Perry Nickerson, when he cut them off. Right. Which is fucked up. That's a big deal. If you have dreadlocks in football, I think it... Increases,
1: like, I think it increases holding penalties to be honest. I know my brain just like the referee is...
0: well, that's just because we had Kyle Wilson, yeah, <laughs> that's probably why
1: Buster Screen had some weird hair, too. So, I don't know, he had
0: this stupid, uh, like, pointy, it's
1: like Derrick Henry has.
0: His hair looked like a little, like, uh, like a ficus, yeah, came
1: out yeah, of yeah. His, his helmet. So, the final pick, another guy converted to a linebacker, Hamza Nazradeen, Florida State. Again, a guy that people think could have been a day-two pick, falls due to potential injury concerns. I'm fine with taking a swing here. More people competing in the linebacker group. People like the pick. Like anything on Hamza?
0: I saw a cool highlight of him. I tweeted out of him getting a, making a pick six in college where he breaks like 55 tackles. But look, I don't mind in the late part of the draft, sixth-round pick, guy tore his ACL, you know, was a good player before that, team leader. Give him a shot. He, uh, you know, the scouting report is that he's good in the box, and, you know, he, he led Florida State in tackles. He had 101 tackles in 2019. He didn't play much last year, but he came back at the end of the year after the knee injury. Um, but he's a big guy. He smashes people as well mm-hmm. from a big school in the ACC. I'm cool with it. I'm happy with the pick. Another guy who's like a swing guy more in line with the new NFL that could maybe, you know, he's – not really technically a linebacker, but he's going to play linebacker, and and he'll probably grow into his body as a linebacker in the NFL. So
1: yeah, i put up more uh, weight. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, like another guy. But is that the thing from Lord of the Rings? What is what are those? His last name, Nazaruddin? Yeah. What are those like dragon things that the? Uh, I
1: I've watched the trilogy one time about two years ago. I couldn't. I Well, gotta... Mike googles that. I do have to make a note that the draft has concluded. I would hey, we give have it, one more
0: guy. We got Jonathan Marshall.
1: Oh, my goodness. How could I forget? I thought that was it. Jonathan Marshall, defensive tackle. A guy that, you know, our, we talk about our depth on how we like our defensive line. I guess he comes in if he makes the team as the what fourth guy as a D-tackle.
0: Sure. But what? we have 8,000 D-tackles. I Look, it, I'm, I think the Jets, you know, when you're in the sixth round, you just say, look, this guy we like. Any guy that you kind of like, you take, you're not really going to take on a position of need. And then the Jets also, you know, there's 12 undrafted free agents. So, you know, then they got some like, – because I tweeted, I said, I wish we took a kicker. And then the Jets signed a kicker, an undrafted kicker. And you say, <laughs> <laughs> gave me a look.
1: <laughs> it's a weird name. Yeah, he, he had a funny tweet about his, his last name. Um, but you know what? The undrafted free agents I think are funny every year because a lot of people – when the draft ends, they have to remind you. It's not over yet. The draft isn't over yet. The draft isn't won until you do the undrafted free agents. All right, man. I get it. The NFL has had great... They've had a Hall of Fame undrafted free agents. It's the Jets very- have
0: had some success too. You know, obviously, oh. Robbie Anderson and Wayne Corbett.
1: Kyle Phillips. Don't forget. Kyle Phillips. <laughs> it, no, it's it's good. And I'm happy. I think the main one a lot of people are talking about, I guess two, would be Tristan Hodges, the guard from BYU. I think the the jets make that move because if you're a a dude from utah right coming in you're now the star of a franchise and you're left alone on an island it's good to have that dude with you that you know before you know i guarantee you tristan hodges for at least through training camp will have an apartment with zach wilson a guy who's been around for three years and people are already saying oh he's going to compete for a guard spot calm down
0: how many hopefully.
1: guards do we have? to Cameron uh-huh. Clark, like, die? Yeah, Cameron Clark, I think he's going to, you know, hopefully compete. The, the goal would be, uh, like, best case scenario for the Jets is if Cameron Clark comes to camp and dominates, plays great, and you keep, you know, you cut Lewis, you keep GVR as a backup who can play both sides, and you yes. you ride with Beckton, AVT, McGovern, Clark, and Fan. It would be great. I'm fine that's, what,
0: that's what people... A lot of people were, you know, like last year when the Jets drafted Becton, they were saying the potential 2022 Jets offensive line could be this with Cam Clark. So something similar to what you said. By the way, Lord of the Rings, they're called Nazguls. There you go. And they there you go. they're they're black riders.
1: Yeah, so I I think the the Hodges pickup is a smart move. Keep keep with your boy. He's not going to be a crazy prospect for them. And then the other one is also from Ole Miss compared to, you know, with Elijah Moore, Kenny. Yeboah. Yeboah.
0: Kenny's I, your boy.
1: Look, he's 6'3", big body. He's, he's ripped. I love his tweet of every single team is going to regret not picking me. He's a maniac. He goes to the NFL is going to be put on notice. A guy that goes in and can compete for a backup role, tight end to start, and then maybe contribute more down the road. Mike <laughs> sent me a text earlier. If you think Kenny Yeboa is going to start day one, I that would be kind of crazy. You don't put an undrafted free agent starting day one when you have five tight ends who are some veterans, some young guys, some guys who've been on the team and in the league for three years. You're just not going to start an undrafted free agent day one unless he becomes Jimmy Graham during training camp, and then I'll think about it.
0: Sure. And look, the cool thing about Yeboa is he played at Temple and then he went to Ole Miss, so he goes to, he goes to from the American Conference to the SEC now and he didn't do much in temple now he's in 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 old miss he had 524 yards in seven games so he's in six touchdowns you mentioned his size um so exciting stuff he had some some excellent plays against alabama that people were tweeting out and you know he's doing some cool shit the problem is the jets have five other tight ends on their roster so you have herndon you have ryan griffin who's probably gonna get cut hopefully because he's a piece of shit one of the jets that we Hate that we would never hate Jets and unless you give us a reason to, and we didn't hate him until he started being an asshole. What he say? his knee hurts in the off season. So
1: here's the thing about Ryan Griffin. Obviously, we like we liked what Ryan Griffin contributed in 2019. It was very. We were cool.
0: excited. I tweeted about it all the time. I was like, dude, Griffin fucking Herndon in 2020. It, it was
1: one of those moves that you know you you resign him a little too early, like Henry Anderson. You get him back. You you think you're doing the smart thing. You got a diamond in the rough, and then. My problem with Ryan Griffin, and maybe he's right, but I don't need to hear it. He said that after his ankle surgery, he'll never be the same player he was again. Then get I off my fucking football team. Like, yes. I, I, got, I I, don't... That one comment that he did nothing, of course, last year, but...
0: It was garbage. Nine catches for 86 yards. Yeah, and, like,
1: don't say you're not going to be the same football player ever again because of an ankle injury and you're a tight end. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I I, was not... I, I... I can, I do respect players that play through injuries. He's a tough dude, probably. I have nothing bad against him as a person. But I don't want him to be my backup tight end right now. We have young guys coming through the core. I'm happy with, you know, the, uh, who is it, Tyler Croft, right, from Buffalo? Tyler Croft's
0: going to be number two. And so then, then number two. Be, and you have Wesco and you have Dan Brown. So there's five guys ahead of Yaboa right now on the roster. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. I'll, we'll see if Griffin makes it to the to the regular season. But, you know, the problem is you want to get excited about a guy like – I'd be like, dude, you know, we have Ryan Griffin, 320 yards the year before, five touchdowns, did some cool stuff. Maybe he'll be better in 2021. And then he comes out and says that he's never going to be the same. And what was he even to begin with? He's never going to be the same. He can't have 24 catches again. You know, like, give me a break. So that was frustrating. So we'll see. But – I don't think Yabo is gonna start week one is the point. But if it's fun to be excited about some of these guys. I think Jeff fans overdo it a little bit. Something like Lawrence Cager last year is a good example. You know, but if we are if the most one...
1: optimistic fans, Mike, and we have always been very, very fair in our take here. We've always, always said, Calm down about the undrafted free agents. The the reason you get excited about them is one, you hear them in camp. You know, Lawrence Cager has a one handed catch over Bryce Hall. Okay. All right. Right, We're getting back to it. We're excited about it, even though Bryce Hall was hurt last camp. But then you have to see them perform on the field. Once they start playing on the field and you're like, okay, Kenny Yaboa just made a, a huge first down across the middle in the third quarter of a tie game. Now oh. you start getting excited. Now we start yes. going. We can be hopeful that he becomes a good backup one day. I don't think we have to write it at home that he's going to be competing for a starting job day one. Neither is Tristan Hodges. It's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. So, But all in all, I think the Jets did a very good job in the draft. I think they addressed some things that they needed to. I think they put themselves in a spot to, if they do have an elite offense in one of the next few years, we're going to look back and be like, all right, the Jets invested the resources in the offense. These guys developed. Maybe, they, maybe a signing or two really clicks. And then you say, okay, this is how it happens. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you I tweeted it. You said, you said the Jets are the AFC's Chiefs. Yeah.
1: I, people got mad about that. People also got mad when I made a Twitter poll and I said, how many wins, 14, 15, 16, or 17? Yeah. Obvious, obvious joke. People in my replies are not happy about it.
0: But I was thinking about it. I was looking at the Chiefs roster and I said, how did they get into this position? And what they did was they drafted a quarterback in the first round.
1: Who had a and- big arm.
0: Yeah, and then they just kept drafting maniac offensive skill guys. And it happened over a long time, obviously. Like, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are not new, but they take Demarcus Robinson, and they took Nicole Hardman, and they take Byron Pringle, and they take this guy and that guy, every fucking guy, and eventually some of these maniac speedster guys turn into monsters, and maybe that that will happen with Denzel Mims, and it will happen with Elijah Moore, and maybe, you know, you sign – Keelan Cole, and he has a sneaky, really good year, and and it just builds and it builds and it builds, and that's how it happens. Jets are just—we're just not used to seeing it because, quite frankly, the Jets have not invested much of their draft capital into the offense over the last decade or so.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm about to give you some, some real truth here. Oh boy! All right, all right, all right. So, right, Chiefs, go ahead and get a guy with a big arm: Patrick Mahomes, Zach Wilson. They get a slot guy who runs a four three. Tyreek Hill, Elijah Moore, right. Tight end in the third round. Takes a little bit to get going. Travis Kelsey, Chris Herndon, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire.
0: Chris Herndon was a fourth rounder, but we'll we'll count it.
1: We'll count it. Clyde <laughs> Ed- Edwards-Hilaire, fast, quick, speedy back. Michael Carter. It's The same guy, right? And you build that <laughs> that you know top. 11 pick, you got, you know, it was a fucking Jokel and, or I'm sorry, Eric Fisher and Beckton. Is that,
0: that like 2008? <laughs> it's <took laughs> Eric <laughs> Fisher. <laughs> but, well, he, he,
1: but here's the point. Here's the point.
0: You, no, 2013. Who was in 2008? was the other guy. I don't know. I Whatever. don't know.
1: I, <laughs> look, you build, you build a young core who is fast. They're explosive. They can put up points. And then you get a, a coach who can lead men, a GM, who maybe doesn't, Overspend too much, and that has good draft valuation, and maybe that's how, in by the year 2022, you look at the Jets as they might be a player or two away from really making a run at this thing. Yeah. They're not there yet. The Jets are not. If you you cannot say the Jets are a player or two away from making a run at it, and the NFL things can change quickly in the NFL. Put on teacher shirt Mike says it all the time, but. The Jets need this young core to play together, play well together. Zach Wilson needs to be the real deal. And then going into next year, you have two firsts, right? You have a lot of picks. Start drafting guys, using money, getting people. You don't have to bring any- Who are the Jets going to re-sign right now? Besides Marcus May. Who is the next up to re-sign?
0: That's a good question.
1: None. You, there, none of them. are. You're going to get over an $8 million contract on the current Jets in the next two years. None of them.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Unless, like, McGovern has a big year, but he has a three-year deal anyway. <laughs> Like, so
1: you have money you have time and have, but the,
0: but the thing job. is with time you don't have so much time because you have to win on the rookie quarterback deal you have to win in the first four years really right. the one guy that won in the fifth year was joe flacco with with joe douglas but he's still getting paid in the fifth year, 23 million dollars whatever like josh allen is going to make i think 23 24 million bucks this year they just picked up his options so you got to win and all these teams have won they've done it in two three years and I'm not saying you have to win the Super Bowl in two or three years, but you have to be there. So uh, I think the Jets are closer now than people think. I think they did a good job in the draft. I really—that's for the main reason I really love the AVT pick at number 14. I think that changes things a lot. I think that that the Jets are going to be really good in the trenches. So now I think the Jets have a consensus, at least top 10 defensive line. Maybe because they don't have that one guy, like they don't have Nick Bosa. They don't have TJ Watt, who's technically mm-hmm. a linebacker, but he's gonna rush the passer. So maybe Quinn Williams will be that guy, and I think people in the league are cognizant of Quinton, but you have a you have a very, very good at the least defensive line, and I think you're gonna have a good offensive line now, and they're gonna beat the fuck out of people in the trenches with his maniac head coach. And you're you need and and we're not one player away, but you're right, they're they're getting there. You need a corner, you need another linebacker. Maybe another sick pass rusher. If Carl Lawson is not the guy, we'll see. But I mean, yeah, you're right.
1: The best thing that can happen is one of the three corners that you took at the back of the draft can be a number three corner, and then you have Bryce Hall and Austin fighting for two, and you get that number one can't miss guy locked down. Like that's my point. When you have those premium picks next year, maybe the Jets have the 13th pick and an the 18th pick next year, and at 18 or at 13. There's a number two corner, like Patrick Surtain, J.C. Horn. You get one of them plug-in day one, number one starter. Now, as you see with Jeffrey Okuda, sometimes rookie cornerbacks don't pan out in the first year. But again, you have a young core, they play together, you get them going for a year, and you're right. After you get the, the core playing for a year, I'm not expecting the Jets to do anything crazy. When you have premium picks the next year, and you have a ton of money because you're not giving anyone a new contract, in 2022, that is the prime time to say this team ha- like really should be able to make the playoffs they should cuz teams are rebuilding all around us people are in salary cap hell people have their quarterback situation in limbo so why not the jets and it comes back that Zach Wilson and Robert Saleh need to be the pairing that can be here for 8 to 10 years
0: yeah make the playoffs in the next couple years do it no time to waste tom brady's gone the Dolphins can go fuck themselves. I'm not scared of them. The Bills have a good organization, but Josh Allen is not as good as he was last year. Enough. It's time, and I want to compete this year. I don't want any more Joe Douglas sitting on money, hordes of money. Uh, just do it. Go get Richard Sherman. Go get uh, what's-his-face, the fucking corner from the Stephen Nelson. Yeah, give me true. somebody. Uh, uh, give the Jets. Change the narrative. Make it so that people aren't, you know – Internally that the Jets players Themselves are going to think Look we're going to, we're going to go get it We're going to win the division it's, it's you know enough And the Jets are going to have a week schedule This year um, The schedule comes out I think next week will be fun Maybe like the 12th or the 10th yeah, I
1: think early May
0: So fuck enough Fourth place third place Two and 14 bullshit
1: Play, yeah.
0: Let's go Right now, we have guys. Now we have a real coach. You know, I'm not saying we go 14 and three, but give me give me nine nine and eight. Let's sneak into the playoffs. There's seven playoff teams. Again, people aren't talking about that. There's seven playoff teams. Yeah. It's half the fucking league makes the playoffs. 14 out of 32 teams make the playoffs. So let's get in the playoffs and have a new culture of vicious Jets football and really, you know, beat the shit out of some people. I'm excited.
1: And, Mike, I agree with you. It's a very good pop-up speech. I'm going to take that soundbite and play it before I go to bed every night. I have a hot take. Yes. It's not a hot take. It's a hot take prediction that I'm going to play back in three years from now. Yes. All right? A lot of people, when they when the Jets got Mike LaFleur, they were like, oh, in two or three years, we're going to lose him. Like, young offensive candidate, whatever. I was like, all right, if you, if, that's a great thing at the end of losing him. Yeah. In three years... Michael LaFleur is going to get a head coaching job. Good. The Packers are going to be in turmoil after trading Aaron Rodgers. They're going to go belly up. They're going to fire Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur is going to come be the offensive coordinator for the Jets in like 2024, 2025. And be the best man at Salah's wedding. He might not find a head coaching job too quickly after if he runs Aaron Rodgers out of town and everything goes down there. Just bring it back and be like, all right, we lost Michael 4 We're getting the better brother anyway.
0: I'm writing it in my calendar yeah. for 2024. I hope so. That would be a great scenario.
1: It would be great. I, I don't know why I thought of it. Mike, what What would you give your final grade for the New York Jets draft?
0: I think it's a a, a good old-fashioned A-minus. Uh, just because it's not fair. I wasn't so high on Wilson the whole time. So I think it was the right pick at two. I'm happy with it. Eight minus is awesome. It's not I'm not, you know, knocking the jets, but and I I love the A V T pick. I'm happy to trade two threes for a starting left guard. Um I'm very, very happy about that. I I I like Elijah Moore. I like Elijah Moore as the player better than I like the pick. Um I would have probably tried to address a need, but you know, it's not super necessary. I like Michael Carter. I like Hamza, I like Fucking sure I like a lot of these guys. We'll see what happens. It's early, obviously. It's the day fucking two days after the draft. I'm gonna go A minus. Um and I'm happy I'm very, very happy with what happened.
1: You hit the nail on the head, it's an A minus, in my opinion. I think I think if you go A or A plus for a draft that they haven't played it down yet, a little aggressive, but I'm I'm all on board. For me, I agree. The A V A V T pick, I think, at the end of the day, is gonna be Obviously, if Zach Wilson becomes a top 10, 12 quarterback, it's different. But the fact that you got to clean up the entire left side of your offensive line in two drafts, and you gave up two threes to do that, and you just took the picks where they fell, it's, it's a very good feeling. You look at the four weapons that we always talk about, we need to score more points, we don't score touchdowns. No more of that. You got four potential starters, three automatic starters, one maybe starting running back, and then day three is where you attack Corner, maybe they can contribute elsewhere. You go linebacker, we need more depth there. So you you called it out before. The first four were, we got to fix positions of need or get better offensive weapons for our quarterback. The next five were, okay, we need help in these positions. We're going to take the best ones we think, and hopefully one or two of them pan out. And that's it. That's all you can ask for on day three. I love it. I cannot, cannot wait for training camp, for rookie... I don't think rookie minicamp is happening anymore, but I, I, I can't wait to get those phone calls, the videos that come out. Everything was just very fun. They did it well. I do trust Joe Douglas to make the right move. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, me and Mike are documented in our take of what we think should happen. Right? We know what we want Joe Douglas to do. Sometimes he does it, sometimes he doesn't do it. So at the end of the day, we, we're held accountable for our opinion on what Joe Douglas does, but I, I can say right now, I'm really happy with his draft.
0: Yeah, look, and the energy in the building's good, and it feels good to trust the GM. Seems like him and Stahl are on the right page and know what they're doing. So, good times there for the Jets.
1: All right, anything you want to leave off with, Mike?
0: No, just uh, appreciate people buying our shirts and going ah. on the site and and the. Uh, you know, the Broadway Jet site did some numbers and we had some fun making some shirts. We're going to keep doing it and putting out some new designs. So appreciate all of our listeners and all the people that bought shirts and guys who haven't bought shirts who listen. So, you know, it makes it fun. If, if, if no one listens to the podcast, then there would be no podcast.
1: Yeah. And like you mentioned, I did not expect the amount of people to buy shirts that did. It was very fun. Our, our buddy Aaron literally was like, we were like making AVT shirt. Done in a minute. One guy on Twitter wanted to tweet on a shirt. Did it in a minute. It was oh, that was
0: hilarious,
1: amazing moment. Um, so we're liking it. If you want to go to BroadwayJets.com and support the pod, we literally don't care about making money. We care about people wearing our ideas and and Broadway Jets gear. So a- any chance we don't want you to buy it to give money. We want you to buy it to wear a cool shirt that you want to wear at a tailgate or at a house. So do whatever you want with that. I'm very excited. I just did a full hour podcast post second COVID vaccine. I feel horrible,
0: but oh jeez, I didn't know you got the shot today.
1: I, I didn't my Jordan flu game tonight. <laughs> I got it yesterday, but yeah, it was. I, I literally had it on day three of the draft, timed it so it was in between the Michael Carter pick and Jamie and Sherwood pick, and I had left the line because I didn't want to wait that long. I literally left and did not get my vaccine because I want to watch the, the draft, and I rescheduled for. The day after, but that's smart. We do, this, yeah. We got to do it. Um, anything else? We're gonna leave it here.
0: No, this is good. Uh, you know, the Jets did a good job, and we should be happy with it.
1: We'll be back next Monday or Tuesday. Sometimes it come out Tuesday, sometimes Monday. We'll do a lot of fun things. We have a lot of fun stuff planned. We have a, a few people reaching out for potential opportunities to to make the Broadway Jets podcast even bigger. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. All right, Mike. Talk to you later.